Flat Radio, Chris Yuzinski, uh, Kelly Steele from the Windsor Star is actually on assignment this week. If you're unfamiliar with Running Flat Radio, we are a radio show dedicated to endurance sports, uh, mostly running, some walking, uh, of course, and uh, and we will be, uh, as the show matures, we'll be talking a lot more about cycling and cross-training and other things that are going on. You know, it, it's been an incredible week. We had uh, a major announcement last week, and uh, you know what? Let's... Let's just roll that announcement from last week. Welcome to Running Flat Radio, Don Cherry. Well, I'm very that's very honored. I never knew that, and uh, at, uh, that is terrific. I don't get many honors like that, and I'm glad <laughs> to have it. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, we're honored to have you. You know, when you look at, at you know Don Don's illustrious career as as a coach, as a, as a former Windsor Spitfire. And, and, of course, what he's been able to do, really kind of driving the bus and making uh, Hockey Night in Canada what it is today. Um, you know, one of the things, 10 years ago, the CBC ran this massive contest about famous Canadians. Who's the greatest Canadian uh, of all time? And, you know, Don, I, I can't believe this. You know, when, when you look at some of the folks you're up against, but, you know, you beat out, um, it was Banting. You beat out Wayne Gretzky. You were number six as the greatest Canadian of all time. Well, you know, I, I'm not the greatest Canadian. Let's go that way. I, I, I feel that people voted because maybe I was uh, most popular at the time. But, uh, you know, to beat out those guys, uh, it, it, to me, I thought Terry Sawchuck was the greatest Canadian uh, that I've done, Sir John A. McDonald, And I think the guy at West, I even forget his name now, Oh, Tommy Douglas. I mean, he won, so I don't understand that. But uh, to me, uh, the greatest Canadian is uh, Terry Fox. And uh, the, what he did is, is that you guys had him last year. Well, had him honor him last year. Just great. Yeah, and we had Fred Fox on, his his older brother. And, and what an incredible uh, story that is about the entire Fox family and what they've done to, to really kind of even doing that globally, right? Because the Fox run is everywhere around the world, uh, kind of spreading that Canadian goodwill. What, what do you think, Don, Don, makes a great Canadian? I, I think I, I think you just described Terry Fox. And uh, I always believed, and I know I get criticized for this, I feel... Uh, if you're living in Canada, you have to believe Canada's number one. You cannot believe where you came from is number one. Now, most people that uh, leave their home country, they come for two reasons. They're being persecuted or they can't make a go of it. And I don't understand these people that come to this country and take our milk and honey, and all of a sudden they're in love with the town, the city that they left and, and the country they left. So to be a good Canadian, and that's the way I feel, you have to feel that Canada's number one. If you don't believe Canada's number one, then you should go back to where you came from, and that's the redneck feeling, and that's a lot of feeling. And a lot of people are out there listening to this right now. It's not. It's politically incorrect. Are saying, "Yay." 
<laughs> well, you know, you know, Don. That takes your breath away, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't expect that, did you? No, you know what, Don? I mean, really inex- unexpected parts of last week's interview with Don Cherry. See, last week we announced who was one of the finalists, of the three finalists, for the medal for the Canada Day medal in 2015. So the way it works, folks, is really simple. You, We have this race called the Canada Day, D apostrophe E-H race. If you're looking for information about the race, you can get all that information on runningflat.com. That race is, is a very, very special event because what ends up happening is you as a runner have a vote when you register on who is that great Canadian that you want on your medal this year coming up. So what ends up happening is the folks from last year all made recommendations. Everyone from Rusty the Rooster to uh, uh, Sir John A. McDonald to, you know, Banting and Laura Secord and all kinds of famous Canadians. So what we do is we tally them up. We come up with the top three. So last year, our top three were Terry Fox, Wayne Gretzky, and... Um, and Rick Mercer. And what ended up happening was uh, Terry Fox had won the vote. So what ends up happening this year is we, we've tallied them all up, and Don Cherry was one of the finalists uh, that we're announcing. Over the next two weeks, not this week, but next week and the week after as we go into December, we hope to have interviews with the other two finalists and announce them as, as they come available. They are extremely famous international Canadians and uh, you won't be disappointed just like that interview last week which I think was downloaded like a couple thousand times off of of iTunes of Don Cherry and uh, we were grateful to have Don Cherry on last week to talk about that and uh, and we wish Don all the best he'd look he would look really good on a medal if you're interested you can go to the Canada Day uh, site Canada Day Run site on Facebook and uh, and actually see the mock-up of the Don Cherry medal. It's up right now. And if you have any questions, because this is a, a really interesting show. First off, Running Flat Radio is done live every week that it is on. We don't tape interviews on purpose and uh, and because we, we like the spontaneity of, of what we do and, and that's the way the show is. Uh, on this week's show, look it, it's cold here in southern Ontario. This show is broadcast out of Windsor, Ontario on, on AM800 CKLW out of the Windsor, Detroit market. And it is cold. I know when I got in my truck this morning, it was it was minus 13 on uh, in the uh, it's it's November, guys. It's way too early to be to be at this for the next five months. So I've I've got a dear old friend of mine who's the minister of uh, deputy minister of, of justice uh, up in the Yukon, uh, Thomas Elliott. And he's going to join us uh, with a couple other runners from the Yukon. Now, if anybody knows anything about running in winter. It's the folks in the Yukon. Uh, for those of you who are geographically uh, challenged, the Yukon, Whitehorse, you know where Alaska is? Take a right. And, uh, and that's where you're going to find the Yukon. So, you know, I'm really excited to have, uh, have Tom and, uh, and some other runners from uh, the Yukon runners on today. And uh, we're going to be talking about everything when it comes to cold weather running. Because, you know, today was minus 12 degrees celsius here in 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 the uh, windsor detroit market with a with a with a pretty blustery wind 20 30 40 kilometers i think can you imagine what the folks in the yukon are doing and uh, and how many months they have to put up with it so we're uh, we're, we're gonna deep dive winter running today on running flat radio 
and uh, we'll be right back after these messages. people what makes McCafe coffee so good smooth it's delicious aromatic it's fresh it's fast they make it perfect every time I like the flavor and also like the value and you definitely should go try one you need to try McDonald's coffee you have to try it the rich smooth and delicious taste of McCafe premium roast coffee I'm switching <laughs> buy any seven hot McCafe beverages and get the eighth medium free only at McDonald's give it a try and it'll be your new favorite at participating McDonald's restaurants in Canada see restaurant for details this is a song about the flu. Think of places kids go, and that's where the flu grows. It gets on blocks and gets in socks and every book and every nook. Just so you're aware, kids touch everything in there. So here's what you can do. Get the shot and stop the flu. You can't always protect your kids from others. So get free flu shots for your family. Visit Ontario.ca flu for a location near you. Paid for by the Government of Ontario. Can I get a high five for that holiday spirit? Everyone's excited to get it all done at Target. Save $200 on a Dyson DC-29 Absolute Upright Vacuum for $399.99 at the Dyson 2-Day Sale, Friday and Saturday only. Quantities limited. See Target.ca for details. If you've never played the Impossible Question Contest on AM800, let me fill you in on a little secret. It's totally possible to answer correctly, which means there's a very good possibility that you could score an amazing prize. You could score four free admissions to Adventure Bay Family Water Park, where it's always summer. The kids are off school this Friday, so soak up some fun at Adventure Bay. Open 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Experience the thrilling water slides, surf the flow rider, or relax in the wave pool. The Impossible Question Contest, Monday through Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday morning at 8.50, right here on AM800. Now the forecast from the AM800 Weather Center. Tonight, a 40% chance of flurries, wind gusting to 60 kilometers an hour and a low of minus 9. Tomorrow, snow with local blowing snow, wind gusting to 50 kilometers an hour and a high of 0. Wednesday night, another 40% chance of flurries, wind gusting to 60 kilometers an hour again and a low of minus 5. Thursday, cloudy, a 30% chance of flurries and a high of minus 2. Once again, a 40% chance of flurries tonight, wind gusting to 60 kilometers an hour and a low of minus 9. It's time for Toys R Us Moonlight Madness, the pandemonium for the presence, where we separate the boys from the men, the pups from the alpha dogs, the dads who ask for the best toys from the dads who know where they are. Come on, alpha dog, let's go. This Friday, starting at 6 p.m., it's Moonlight Madness at Toys R Us with great savings and hourly deals like 40% off Hot Wheels track sets, only $23.97, and a price match guarantee. Moonlight Madness, only at Toys R Us. AM 800 CKLW. I thank you for taking my call. The place to talk in Windsor, Essex. I thank you also for the great work that you do. The original social media. Looking to start running? Strap on a pair of comfortable shoes. Now put one foot in front of the other and keep going. It's that easy. This is, this is Running Flat Radio on AM 800. 
And welcome back to Running Flat Radio. Chris Uzinski in the studio. Kelly is uh, is away on assignment. She'll be joining us next week. And uh, and before we go to our, our feature interview today, uh, which is all about cold weather running, uh, something that we better damn well get used to over the next five months, um, is let's talk about Le Chocolat. Le Chocolat is, first off, it's the largest chocolate event in the country. And it's here in Windsor. May 3rd. It's a Mother's Day primer. And that's that's the reason we call it that is because it's the weekend before Mother's Day. Because look at, let's face it, on Mother's Day, you're not going to get anything done. You're not going to get volunteers. You're not going to get runners. You know, you're going to have a crappy event. So Le Chocolat is a Mother's Day primer. It's the weekend before Mother's Day. And it's a half marathon, Windsor's only half marathon, uh, a 10K and a 5K. First off, we've got a massive announcement to make within the next 10 days about Le Chocolat. And uh, like I said, I, 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 it's so hard to not talk about it because I'm so excited about it. And, but you know it's going to be big and it will be a huge thing for the city of Windsor and, and for Le Chocolat. So let's put that aside for right now. But Le Chocolat, May 3rd, uh, is selling pretty briskly. And what's amazing is all the foreigners that are actually coming to this race. Uh, we have people from uh, New York and Chicago, big contingency out of, out of Ottawa and, and around uh, Ohio and Michigan and the Great Lakes. And it's, it's a wonderful event because when you register, your swag is not some cotton T-shirt. It's a three-liter box bag of wine that is in shape of a purse and it comes in red and it comes in white and it's the Peely purse from our, our, our good friends and sponsors at the Peely Island Winery uh, in, in Kingsville. They're fabulous uh, items and gifts to, to, to give uh, away. Plus, we've also got a great chocolate inspired medal that we will release in January. And what's really, really special about this event, obviously, we have firemen on the course at all the water stations because the proceeds and, and some of the money that's raised uh, goes to. Our, our friends at uh, Sparky's Toy Drive. But what's incredible about the event is it uses what is a world-class course, and that is Riverside Drive on the Detroit River Vista overlooking the, the beautiful skyline of Detroit. That's the course. We have Riverside Drive closed all the way from the bridge, the Ambassador Bridge, all the way down to Lausanne Road. It's an incredible course. Register uh, before it does sell out, and uh, you can do all that through runningflat.com. So enough said about uh, Le Chocolat. I want to get now into really the winter running and what do we do in the winter. And, you know, there's there's one guy that I had to call upon. Uh, when he's in town, uh, we go for a run. Uh, he's an incredible guy. Uh, Tom Elliott, the uh, Deputy Minister of Justice from the Yukon, joins us right now. How are you, Tom? Not too bad, Chris. Uh, great to hear your voice. Oh, it's great to hear your voice. When are you coming down next? Uh, well, uh, boy, any time I can spend in Essex County is always good to me, especially visiting my sister, uh, Nancy, but uh, uh, hopefully in February. That's awesome. Now, joining you is uh, is Ben uh, Ushot, and, and Ben is an ultramarathoner, an avid winter runner, and he's also uh, part of uh, Athletics Yukon. Welcome, Ben. Thank you. So, you know what? Look, look guys. This is this show is all about running, but really especially it's about getting new runners involved in the sport. Now, you know what? The last couple of months have been pretty damn easy, right? It's a pair of shoes, it's a pair of shorts, uh, maybe a light jacket and, and, and a little bit of tech underneath that. Uh, but now, you know, it was minus 12 this morning on, on thermometer on, on, on the truck this morning. Uh, it's a game changer for us. 
right? Because now we're going to talk about specific gear, special gear, and and so let's talk about what you guys are wearing and what is your what is the length of your season look like? Uh, well, Chris, uh, I'm happy to say that here in the southwest uh, Yukon, a white horse, it's warmer here today than it is in Windsor. Uh, <sighs> Canada says that it's minus nine with a ferocious wind in Windsor. I appreciate that's at the airport, and you're a ways away from that. But here, we're at minus four, and we've got a bit of a south uh, wind. Uh, but, uh, uh, but in any event... Uh, We've been into winter conditions uh, for uh, a few weeks now, and um, and uh, you know Ben might have a little different approach. But uh, as soon as we start getting into winter, uh, the big thing that changes for me is I tend to wear uh, uh, long pants, and I tend to wear a thin layer of merino wool from my shoulders to my ankles. Yeah, and I, I'd echo that too, just like Tom. That becomes my base layer, and sometimes I'll have a, a thicker layer of that merino wool when, as we get to really cold temperatures, but that's kind of the basic start that goes into the, the winter running gear, and then uh, kind of layer up on top depending on how the, how the conditions are. And then with the top layer, that's always that wind blocker of some sort. So, so actually, let's take a, a step back and let's say, what is your winter running season look like? Uh, well, in terms of uh, time, uh, basically we're into winter running from uh, Halloween, uh, maybe even a bit before, uh, right right through March and uh, and and into April. Uh, meaning we're running in temperatures that are below freezing, uh, uh, maybe mild like today, minus four. But we it could it does get as cold as minus forty, and I mean minus forty without the wind chill, so minus forty and. And uh, that's sort of the, the range that we're running in here in uh, during the winter. And we do have a prevailing south wind, just like you have a wind that often comes off Lake Erie. We have a prevailing south wind here, so that always has to be factored in. Tom, did you say minus 40? My, it, yes, it gets well. It, it gets as cold in Whitehorse as it does in Calgary, Edmonton, Saskatoon, Regina, and Winnipeg, which is minus forty in the winter. It can get that cold. So, so step back another second here, guys. You go running in minus forty, and, and look at as as a as a southerner, I, I can tell you that I've never been to Whitehorse, even though it is on my bucket list to get up there. You guys are five thousand kilometers from from us and it, it's in, in 10 hours by by plane okay for those who who are looking at, at the at their map of canada it is just to the right of alaska is is whitehorse just to kind of give you a mental picture of where we're at talk to me about what what time of running looks like in daylight hours and 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 how does that also affect your running schedules so it's Ben speaking, and uh, you know, as we get closer to the shortest day of the year, you know, our daylight hours we'd get about what six hours of, of actual daylight. Um, so, so you know, that makes it a little more challenging if you want to be running with optimal light conditions. Uh, so sometimes I don't know about Tom, but I'll try and sneak out for a quick lunchtime run when I can. Uh, but that said, uh, it's. I get comfortable running in the dark, so you know I actually run on on trails in the dark as well. Um, the nice thing, if you get the right winter day, you get this actually like a reflection and a glow, and you know I can be running almost at 10 o'clock at night on our trails without a headlamp and and see nice and clearly. So 
Uh, we just kind of make do with what we have, um, and if you're on the road, you make sure that you're you're well illuminated, so that people can see you. Um, but well, and 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 that's right, Ben. I in my winter running is always done at nighttime, uh, uh, typically after work. So I plan to run home tonight. I'll leave the office. Uh, in a couple hours from now, and um, it will be very dark. It's about 4.30 here now, Pacific time, and it's already getting dark, so it'll be pitch black when I run home. But I'm well lit up, uh, amongst other things. Uh, I have a headlamp on me with 100 lumens in it, so that, uh, that lights the way. And part of my route will be on a trail, and part of it will be alongside roads. And, and how many miles would you put in in your winter running, in your winter running months? Uh, well, Ben, I think, puts in more than me because he's a longer distance running, runner than I am. But uh, during the winter, I run uh, once or twice a week, a maximum of 10K because during the winter, like a lot of people here, I'm focused on other things. And my, my, most of my cardio and intensity training is through cross-country skiing, and that season is well underway here. Yeah, and I would drop a little bit of my mileage in the winter. It kind of depends on what I'm training for next and when. So, you know, if I'm starting to train for a, a summer event that's early in the summer, then my mileage might start to creep up in February and March a little bit. Uh, but right now, for example, I'm kind of in uh, winter maintenance mode and recovery from the running season. So I'm just starting to eke back up, and I'll, I'll get back to about three, four times a week and uh, and then do other sports like basketball or um the other thing that I've started to do more recently is, is snowshoeing. So uh, a running snowshoe specifically, which is exactly like the regular running motion and uh, allows access to some of our trails, uh, groomed trails at our, at our local ski club. So I use that. I mix that in with my running as well uh, throughout the winter months. Now, Ben, you're, you're strictly training for ultra. Is that correct? Or, or do you do marathon oh. and half marathon as well? No, I do a mixture. Ultra has been a more recent addition for me. So this summer I got to do my second ultra, and I'd like to do another one next summer. Uh, but I mix in, you know, I just did a 10K this past weekend, and I've, I've got a half marathon lined up for next May. So I'll, I'll do kind of anything between the 10K and the, and the mini ultras. I'm not quite in the 100-miler range yet. But. So like 50-milers and, and, and plus. Yeah, I'm, in the, I'm still the 50, 55, 60K range uh, for my ultras. So I still look at it more as a baby ultra compared to, I'm sure, some of the folks you've talked to. All, all trail, all mountain. Uh, yeah, I've done. So the one I did this year was mountain uh, and, and a, lot of, a lot of elevation. So it was at Trail Stoke, which was a new event for this year. Uh, had 10,000 feet of elevation gain, so for me that was pushing my envelope. Um, and then uh, my first ultra I did was actually in Ontario. It's called Run for the Toad, and Tom yep. was at that year as well and did the the half distance of that. So it was uh, a really fun event. Awesome. Hey, can you guys stick with us through uh, through the news break? I want to come back and I want to talk sure. about uh, the club in Yukon and and the activities that they go through. You're listening to uh, Running Flat Radio on AM 800 CKLW. Take care of business for less during Lowe's Business Credit Event. Now through Wednesday, November 19th, ask for 10% off your purchase when you use your Lowe's Business Credit Card. Some conditions apply, details in store. Plus, don't miss the final days of Lowe's Scratch and Save Event. It's your chance to scratch and save for 10 25 50 or even a $100 instant discount on your purchase. Wow, that's amazing! But hurry, because it all ends this Wednesday. Lowe's, never stop improving. 
Bullying is a major problem we can't afford to ignore. From the schoolyard to social media sites, it has many faces and invades many different spaces. The Pledge is a community-wide initiative that seeks to raise public awareness about bullying in schools, at work, online, and at home. Everyone has the right to feel safe in their community, and with your support, we can stop bullying for good. We at AM800 proudly support The Pledge. Join us and take The Pledge today by visiting thepledgetoendbullying.ca. It's 7.30. From the AM800 News Center, your number one news source in Windsor, Essex, an information update with Paul Pedro. Work continues to find the cause of a large industrial fire in West Windsor. An investigator with the Ontario Fire Marshal's office is now on the scene trying to figure out how the blaze started at 3706 Sandwich Street last night. Employees escaped safely. Damage is at least $1 million. A local job fair is being held December 6th to try and fill 180 full-time permanent skilled jobs. The Windsor-Essex Economic Development Corporation is hoping to bring back skilled workers who left the area for skilled jobs elsewhere. The jobs fair takes place December 6th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. at Caesars Windsor. And the annual Windsor Police Holiday Food and Toy Drive was launched today. It helps the Windsor Home Coalition, the Welcome Center, Shelter for Women, and the local Children's Aid Society. AM 800 Sports, the Wings are in Columbus tonight. And right now, Wings are up 1-0 in the first period. Leafs are home to Nashville. Habs are hosting the Penguins. From the AM800 Weather Center, tonight a 40% chance of flurries, wind gusting to 60 kilometers an hour and a low of minus 9. Tomorrow, snow with local blowing snow, wind gusting to 50 kilometers an hour and a high of 0. Wednesday night, another 40% chance of flurries, wind gusting to 60 kilometers an hour again and a low of minus 5. Right now in Windsor-Essex, minus 9 Celsius, that's 16 Fahrenheit, with the wind chill, feels like minus 18 or zero. I'm Paul Pedro, AM 800 News. When you're able to focus your mind and your body, anything is possible. From 5K runs to half marathons to the full 26.2 miles. We talk about it all on Running Flat Radio, Tuesdays, 7 till 8 on AM 800. And welcome back to uh, Running Flat Radio. Chris Uzinski, like I said, Kelly Steele is off on assignment this week. She'll be joining us next week. Uh, this is a show Running Flat is all about running. And, uh, you know, because the weather has taken such a dramatic turn uh, for us in the region and, and gotten, you know, cold and wintry and... You know, I thought I'd call on an old friend of mine uh, up in Whitehorse, Yukon, who's uh, an avid runner and, and a great guy, uh, Tom Elliott, who's the also Deputy Minister of Justice for, for Yukon. And, and also on the line with, with Tom is, is Ben Upshot, and they're both uh, in the Yukon Running Club. So I really want to talk to you guys about a couple things. One is we're going to talk a little bit more about gear, and we're also going to talk about the social aspect uh, of, of what running has played in, in, in the Yukon and and how you you treat new runners and how you get new runners involved in the sport up there and and uh, it always fascinates me on on how different running communities are always active uh where they're at so uh, how big is uh, are the Yukon runners well uh the uh, the 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 club that we have here which is called Athletics Yukon uh, has been uh, 200, about 200 members, members about yeah. 200 members and uh, that's of all ages i think our old our certainly our oldest member be in their 80s yep and wow. the young member be a preschooler probably yeah. or or early early primary yeah technically my kids at three and five are members <laughs> by yeah. default don't, don't go that far yet <laughs> try yeah. and and um 
uh, it's uh, it, it's an active, uh, very active club. Uh, one of the things that uh, we, we our race season is basically end of April till early October, and during that period of time, we have a 5K timed road race every Tuesday, and then a trail race every Thursday. So. Um, we have uh, lots of opportunities, not just to run, but uh, but to race. But you know, this time of year, Chris, uh, one of the things that Ben and I ascribe to is doing your best to get your your gear right. And uh, and and one way to assure that is that if you, if you build a little loop into the first part of your run, that way it's fail safe. If you go if you if you have a loop that's maybe a a kilometer and a half, and you and if you're okay at the kilometer and a half, then you just keep on going. But if you're not, then you can you can uh, you know stop the kilometer and a half from your from the the loop would be out of your house or wherever you're running from. You can always stop at the gym or at the office or at uh, at home and uh, and change up your clothes because you just never know. The wind plays such a big factor, and here. Minus 20 is a very, very common temperature for us to run in the winter. So today, minus 4 feels like Florida. But uh, <laughs> oh, minus 20 is typically what we're running in. And as Ben says, it's, it's just a matter of layering and making sure those extremities are well covered. Yep. That's, uh, that, that's fantastic advice to, to give people a short loop so they can, they can regroup or or uh, you know change or even even drop gear off if they've if they've really overplanned and and layered too much. So you know guys, I don't mind using brand names on on this show. I mean, I, I most of my winter gear is all Sugoi uh, for for a lot of reasons. It's just it's such a great pro level type gear uh, where you've got the uh, the windshield uh, type material on the front. You've got a lot of uh, open ventilation on the backside. And um, and it keeps you extremely warm. But again, it's about kind of guarding against the wind. Let's kind of talk about maybe some of those essentials in your kind of that, that winter arsenal of gear that you guys have. Well, personally, I'm a smart wool guy for that base layer. Um, I know others like different types of merino wool, so I don't think that that's necessarily the best one. But for me, I, I find some of the other ones are a little itchy. Uh, but smart wool works really, really well for me. So I'm like head to toe smart wool. Um, as my base layer, and that's my socks, my long long underwear, my my first base layer, my hat, uh, my my basic layer for gloves also is smart wool. Um, there you can get a whole bunch of really good stuff from Mountain Equipment Co-op as well. Like one little addition that I've added recently, and I can't remember the exact name of the gloves, but it's it's a uh, it's just an over glove that uh, that I put over top of those smart wool gloves. And it's the wind block layer. Mm. I, f- I always keep those in my jacket, almost any time below zero temperature. And because I toss those on, and all of a sudden you can get your hands nice and warm again. But if your hands get too warm, I can pull those off, and I still have a smart wool layer, uh, which then will keep me nice and warm. Um, or I can even pull that layer off if I'm getting really too warm. Uh, but those two, those are kind of always in my winter running kit and left in my jacket because the worst thing is when you get out there and it's really, really cold and you can't get your hands warm because uh, then I find the rest of my body kind of starts to fall yeah. asleep. Yeah, yeah. You, you, just like you, when, you're, when you can't feel your toes, the rest of you are just done. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. You, Tom? Oh, um, 
Uh, well, just I would uh, echo what uh, what Ben is saying, uh, but I, I guess I would add that uh, know your body. I think most people do. Some people have a really big engine in them that just produces a lot of heat, and some people, especially to have uh, uh, less body fat, uh, really need those layers to stay warm. And uh, and it's a very individual thing, but uh, certainly here, our outer layer almost invariably is going to be a wind block layer. Whatever we have below, like tonight when I run home, I'll have a, um, a pair of uh, wind block plant, pants that have a very thin lining on them, and then I'll have a fluorescent or neon yellow uh, jacket that's, uh, that's, that's a Segoy that's a, uh, uh, that stands out in terms of any traffic that I might encounter, but also keeps the, the wind out. So for me, uh, uh, dealing with the wind is always uh, an important consideration. The wind is not our friend. <laughs> I always tell the other runners that the wind is not our friend. The temperature is okay, but boy, when that wind kicks up, it could, it could be really problematic. So one other thing is is breathing. So I, I have I, I'm asthmatic, so I, I always have a tough a tough time breathing um, in in colder weather. But what, what what's interesting is um, in in winter running, there's the 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 balaclava. You know, some guys like it, some guys don't like it. Um, when you're talking minus 20, you're breathing through something, right, guys? Uh, that's an individual thing. Uh, in my case, uh, Chris, yes, I will always be breathing, breathing through something, probably in, starting in the minus 15 to 20 range. And, uh, and for me... Uh, whether I'm breathing through, I, I usually I have a, a smart wool neck gaiter, and that's typically uh, what I'm breathing through when it gets really cold, and that carries me right into uh, into the uh, minus 30s. I do have two or three styles of balaclavas that uh, that that I'll also employ when it gets into the minus 20s and colder and and wind, and I'm a big fan of those as well. But uh, um, it's so individual. Some people that live here say, you know, as soon as it gets to minus five or ten, they can't run outside anymore because it's just too hard on their lungs. Too but, hard to breathe in. Yeah, but that's not my case. I, I can go into the minus thirties. My lungs are are um, okay. I just have to cut back on the intensity. I can't be running my heart up to uh, uh, zone five or zone four if it's minus thirty out because then I will uh, burn out my lungs, and at the very least, I'll have a sore throat for a few days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd echo, like, I, I'm different. I really don't like something on my face. I struggle to breathe through a balaclava, so I usually have my mouth clear. Um, sometimes if you get into the really cold temperatures, I'll make sure my nose is covered because you can get frostbite on your nose. Uh, but I'll echo what Tom said as well. And when I'm outside in the winter in the really cold temperatures, it's the intensity that's the important part. Yeah. You're not going out there and doing speed work. And, and um, You're going out doing, like, focusing on your running form, focusing on, like, your threshold running, um, long, slow. It's a great opportunity to to have those nice, pleasant, long runs. Yeah, and and I want to get back to that in one second regarding form and and form running because you guys are running on on packed snow and ice as well. But let's talk about eyewear. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of, of eyewear when you run, no matter when you run, whether it's like a clear safety glasses at night, uh, or whether it's you know amber and orange on on uh, on cloudy days, or whether it's you know full out you know hardcore polarized you know black glasses uh, on sunny days to protect your eyes. And when you guys do a lot of trail running uh, up in the Yukon, you got to be concerned about branches and and you know just running through trails. 
And always in the wintertime, it's tough to keep your glasses from fogging up. Um, so I don't know if you guys have any tips on that and what you guys are doing. Well, uh, with eyewear, Chris, I'm, uh, uh, I, I use eyewear more in relation to uh, uh, the sun. And um, we're in that time of year. It's the dark times here, November, December to the end of January, where unless you're running at, uh, at lunchtime, uh, you're really not going to see the sun. So unless the sun is out and about, I, I tend not to wear eyewear. This is during the winter. When I run home tonight, typically I won't have any eyewear on, partially because of the very problem you mentioned of uh, fogging up. Um, certainly during the warmer months uh, on trails, uh, particularly if they're single track and it's a route where there's uh, where there's lots of branches and willows and stuff, I'll, I'll wear eyewear. Uh, you know, when you're on a trail, you're in and out of the light and, and that can cause a bit of a uh, depth perception issues, but in the winter, I'm not too big on eyewear unless there's sun because of the fogging problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I wear corrective eyewear all the time anyways, uh, and I usually do switch to, like, especially in a really cold day, I will switch to contacts uh, just because of the fogging issue, uh, and then I won't wear any any eyewear. As Tom said, like, sometimes if it's really sunny, uh, I'll, I'll put some some sunglasses on, but I'll typically, if I'm doing a nighttime run and it's you know minus 25 or minus 30, I'll just wear my my contacts. Right. So I don't have the fogging problem because uh, I found when I do just wear regular glasses that you know it, it just gets annoying and it sometimes I see. So let's talk about shoes. What are you guys wearing? Well, I'm wearing uh, what I'm wearing during the winter are the New Balance 910s and a version one or two. I forget. Uh, I like them. I have pretty normal, regular feet, so I can wear just about anything. Uh, but I like them because they have an aggressive tread wear, um, uh, and uh, they're good even to minus 30. It's just a matter of what kind of socks I wear, and and I, I tend to wear some type of uh, traction uh, on the on the footbed, the yak tracks or some other type of traction because I've just found that that's a real plus. Uh, I just started doing that about three years ago, and uh, if nothing else, it's injury prevention. And are, are those the ones that actually uh, they're like kind of like big rubber elastics that that you kind of fold over the top and the back and, and, and bolt on? Uh, well, these don't actually uh, bolt on, Chris. But uh, Yak Track is probably the best known manufacturer of of um, uh, of traction wear and they're they're very light uh, they're they're rubberized you're right on, on top but the part that grips the ground are actually just uh, small metal coils and that's one version but they're light and easy to put on and they they make a difference in most conditions not on glare ice but certainly in uh, snow and and uh, and uh, well snow whether it's soft packed or hard packed and, and Ben what are you wearing on your feet well, for me, I'm a minimalist runner, so you know you're I wear. You're not barefoot. Uh, not quite, but as close as I can. Um, so I wear Vibram Five Fingers, even in the minus temperatures, up until somewhere on the minus five, minus ten range, uh, and I'm fine as long once I get moving. Seriously? Yeah, my feet are a little chilly at first, uh, but once I get moving, I'm okay. Uh, and I do actually have a Vibram Five Fingers winter version shoe that has a little more neoprene in it. A slightly more aggressive sole that uh, that is pretty good in in that kind of temperature range, minus ten ish. 
Uh, and more recently, I've started using a New Balance Minimus uh, trail shoe with a smart wool sock, and that I can I find I can wear to almost any any temperature that I'm willing to run in. Um, and then, as Tom says, sometimes like typically I don't like the feel of things like a yak track because I just don't like that feel on on my feet. Um, but I will. There are certain times of the year where it's just too slippery uh, on some of our trails, so then I use the the most minimal shoe that I can find with a product called Ice Spikes. So they're just uh, screws that screw into the bottom of the shoe. They're a great product. Um, you can use those on any running shoe. Um, really easy to pop them in and pop them out when you need them. And I find those give a really, really nice grip. And then the other thing that I'll do sometimes uh, in terms of the extreme cold temperatures is I'll actually wear kind of a traditional muckluck. So I have a pair that I bought from the Northwest Territories, actually. They're very, very basic. They're a moose hide, um, uh, tan moose hide uh, boot area, and then uh, a canvas top. And I find if I put a pair of smart wool socks again underneath those, I can run in basically any temperature, and I have a really nice ground feel. So, wow. Yeah. So a couple other really quick questions. One, I guess, really kind of revolves around hydration and, and nutrition on, on your longer runs. Uh, what, what, are you, what are you guys doing out there with that in, in the extreme cold? Uh, well, uh, there's, as you know, Chris, there's tons written on hydration. So uh, uh, like most people, I, I plan my runs. So I try to hydrate uh, before or I do hydrate before I go out. And uh, the distances that I'm running in the winter are not that significant. So up to 10K, hydration isn't really too, too much of an issue. But um, if... Um, if I'm going to be out there for a longer period of time, uh, for instance, on Saturday mornings, I typically ski for about two hours nonstop. So uh, I would take uh, I take Gatorade with me, uh, 50-50, 50 water, 50 Gatorade, and try to keep it close to my body because if minus 15 or 20 or colder, uh, it can freeze up pretty quickly. Yeah. And just sip on that every 45 minutes or so. Uh, so I find, uh, a uh, for me anyways, uh, some form of a sport drink that's been diluted 50-50 works pretty good. Mm. Yeah, and I've, I've struggled a little bit. Sometimes I get things freezing on me, like as Tom said, especially if it's on a longer longer distance run. So I've, I've, I've been experimenting. Sometimes I'll take an insulated travel mug. Uh, it's it's heavy and bulky, so I'll usually kind of take a. I have a couple running packs that I'll use for ultra, uh, and I'll toss it in 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 one of those running packs, uh, just because that seems to be one of the only ways to keep it from totally freezing. So I'll just put in like really hot water uh, in there, uh, maybe a little bit of tea even mixed in, um, and then I'll sip away on that. Um, and then the other thing too, and I haven't really tried this, but somebody else recommended to me that you just put just a tiny bit of scotch in to mix in with your water <laughs> to keep it from freezing uh, for medicinal purposes only of course of course um, but yeah so i haven't i haven't really tried that because uh, i'm not sure if i really want to mix those two things together but um it might be something i try this winter at some point so just, just a tiny tiny bit of, of scotch mixed in with your water to keep it from freezing how bad can it be right Indeed. How yeah. bad can it be? So, you know, one of the questions that came up when I said, hey, I've got these guys from the Yukon coming on, they said, what about running alone and what about bears and, and, and what about wildlife and, and, and having those encounters up there? Is, is that a concern? 
Well, it, it, it is. Now, the good news is that bears uh, hibernate in the winter, and uh, right about now, bears are either in hibernation or going into hibernation, but, but it's something that you have to be aware of, certainly here through October and, and into November, and uh, in which case... Um, you know, you're going to have a cell phone with you in any event. Hopefully, uh, even in Essex County, uh, I'm sure most of your uh, running listeners would have a cell phone with them. But um, where there's uh, always a, a possibility of running into a coyote or a wolf or a bear yep. or a caribou, not all of those are predators or threatening. But it's good to have the cell phone. It's if you're if you're really worried about bears, you can easily carry bear spray with you and. Um, and, and, of course, just be aware of uh, whether there's been any sightings or recently. We've had some, uh, a couple, unfortunately, in Yukon uh, the past uh, a few months. We've had uh, a one, and, uh, one fatal uh, grizzly mauling and then another uh, uh, fatal grizzly mauling that happened on the Yukon NWT border in the, in the Mackenzie Mountains. Uh, uh, that's a long ways away from Whitehorse, but it's certainly something uh, you, you have to be aware of just like if you're running um if you're you're running in essex county and you're running on a road there's hazards there and you have to be aware of that yeah absolutely yeah thank you very much for for joining us i mean you know it's it's always great to uh, to talk to uh you know the experts when it comes to to winter running and uh, it, was, it was great hearing uh, hearing your voice as well it's uh, it's been a long time tom yeah take care and chris one other quick tip for you yeah man you guys probably always do this anyways, but I always keep 20 bucks in a cell phone with me no matter when I'm running. Yeah. Because yeah. if you got a bail and you got to take a cab or you got to get some food or whatever, you have a way to, to head off because we all have bad runs and uh, sometimes you got to know when to fold them and know when to hold them. Yeah, and, and, and you don't want to be stranded out in the yep. cold when it's minus 20. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks for the tips. That, it was awesome information, and uh, thanks for joining us on, on Running Flat Radio. Thank you, Yukon Runners. Take care, Chris. Good. Thank you all the best. Stay warm. You're listening to Running Flat Radio on AM 800 CKLW. American Music Awards, live on CTV. It's the pop culture event of the year, with performances by Taylor Swift, Fergie, Moore, Iggy Azalea, One Direction, and more. You are incredible! Hosted by Pitbull. Make some noise! The 2014 American Music Awards, Sunday at 8 on CTV. And before the big show, join E! live from the red carpet. This is what it feels like. With Sunwing's exclusive luxury collection, you can experience our award-winning champagne service on board Sunwing Airlines, along with on-site hospitality, all-in connectivity with free unlimited Wi-Fi, personal butler service, world-class spas, and much more. Experience the difference with Sunwing Vacations. This is what it feels like. Book now and save up to 40% with sunwing.ca. Winter Traditions, brought to you by Canadian Tire. Car whispering. That would be talking to your car in a desperate, childlike manner. 
Oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, come on. Here's a better tradition. Getting your car winter ready with Canadian Tire Auto Service. And for a limited time, get financing with 18 equal monthly payments on parts and labor over $200. Canadian Tire, Canada's garage. Financing on approved credit with the Options MasterCard. Offer expires December 31st, 2014. See flyer for details. Now the forecast from the AM800 Weather Center. A 40% chance of flurries tonight. Wind gusting to 60 kilometers an hour and a low of minus 9. Snow with local blowing snow tomorrow. Wind gusting to 50 kilometers an hour and a high of 0. Another 40% chance of flurries Wednesday night. Wind gusting to 60 kilometers an hour again and a low of minus 5. Cloudy Thursday, a 30% chance of flurries and a high of minus 2. Once again, tonight, a 40% chance of flurries, wind gusting to 60 kilometers an hour and a low of minus 9. You can now buy a medium Seattle's Best Coffee from Max Convenience for just $1. But some people are a little surprised at just how tasty our premium coffee is. So what? You guys think you're all hot stuff now with your premium coffee? Is it like no tuxedo, no service? Do I have to RSVP for this coffee? Is there a velvet rope around it? It's just a dollar, sir, and you'll never wait in a drive through again. Well, la-dee-da. Look at me and my Seattle's Best Coffee. You've changed, Max. You've changed. Get your medium coffee, tea, or cappuccino for $1 at Max today. Max Convenience Stores. Need it? Got it. Max. Helping you achieve your personal best. This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Yazinski on AM800. And welcome back to uh, Running Flat Radio. Uh, special thanks to our guests today. Uh, uh, Tom Elliott, the Deputy Minister of the Department of Justice from the Yukon. And, uh, and Ben uh, Ushat, who uh, they both on kind of talking about winter running and, and what they're wearing and, and how they're doing things. Uh, for, for the best advice... Take that, listen to your body, go to your local running store, go talk to those experts on what gear they actually have in stock and that, that they have a lot of experience with, and they can help you uh, get fitted, get you outfitted, make sure that you're wearing all the right gear. Uh, 100% of the time, your, your experts are in your stores, and, uh, and that's really where you're, you're going to find the most amount of satisfaction in your gear. Uh, otherwise, if you if you buy a lot of stuff online, it kind of gets touchy-feely. You don't know the sizing is correct, and you don't know if it's really going to work. Um, the guys in the running stores are runners, and they, they'll love to answer your questions no matter what level you're at. So, so don't feel like you're asking embarrassing, stupid questions, because in running, there are no stupid, embarrassing questions. Uh, so thanks to our friends up at, at, in Whitehorse in the Yukon for, for giving us the lowdown on, on their winter gear. Uh, we can all take some advice there. Uh, you're listening to Running Flat Radio on AM800 CKLW. Uh, that's it for the show, guys. If you want more information about Le Chocolat or Canada Day, go to runningflat.com. Uh, you can't do a show like this without talking about Song of the Week. And, uh, and the Song of the Week is Sir Sly with You Haunt Me on Running Flat Radio. Have a great week and keep running. <laughs>